Welcome to the KDB Review Podcast. This is episode eight of season six, and I'm your host, Andy Davis. This is the third to last episode of the season as we run up to Christmas. And so I can reveal right now that the last episode, number 10, will come out on Tuesday, December the 20th. And why is that significant? It's because that episode will be a very special Christmas present of the first reveal of the shortlist for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2023. If you want to find out if your name is on the list, then right here is the first place that you will find out. But more on that next week. Now, back to today, and we have the return of Josh Delane from The Woodworks. Now, if you heard last week's episode all about Instagram, and if you haven't, you really should, you'll know that Josh has tripled the size of his family business in just half a dozen years by jumping feet first into the world of digital marketing and social media. In this episode, we talk about how to get started in really effective digital marketing for small, independent KBB retailers. Just how do you get the most bang for your limited book? And there's so much useful eye-opening information, advice, practical examples in here. Josh really knows his stuff and is thankfully very happy to share it. But first... This episode is out on December the 6th, which means you have just three days left to enter the KBB Review Christmas Window Competition 2022. Are you glowing with pride at how your window looks this year? Are there lots of merry gentlemen stopping to rest outside to gaze in awe? Have Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey just taken one look and decided to go home? Because they just can't compete with the sheer levels of Christmasity you're projecting. Then all you need to do is post your pictures by the end of December the 9th using hashtag KBBXmas22 on Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn. And you could not only win the glory, but also 500 pounds for a charity of your choice courtesy of our very generous sponsors Kuka. good luck so welcome back to the show josh delane from the woodworks hello josh hello you were on last episode you were talking very much about instagram we've had you on here before talking about tiktok and i've got you back here today to talk a little bit more generally about small business marketing because small businesses find marketing quite daunting i think because it can be incredibly expensive as always you don't know where half the money is going we don't know what's paying off you don't know if it's worth it or it isn't worth it and particularly in this industry so much of what we think of as lead generation or bringing in new customers is traditionally this word of mouth recommendation way of operating yeah absolutely. You know, so I, even to this day i meet retailers who just say they don't do any marketing at all because everything they do comes through recommendation but i think in this day and age the market is changing the world is changing the audience is changing the shopper is changing that we need to be much more aware of so many other different types of what we'd fall under the umbrella of marketing so i wanted to get you in today because you've been so successful with your company and it hasn't been because you've invested loads and loads of money into it it's, it's very much an organic growth of how you've operated so Let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about The Woodworks. Okay, so The Woodworks are a fourth generation owned and operated family business. We design, manufacture and install high-end fitted kitchens in London and the home counties. So give us an idea of your marketing setup and again, your marketing growth. So where you started with it and where it is now. Yeah, sure. So I started on the marketing journey about seven years ago, started from zero on every platform. And over the last seven years, we've amassed 150,000 followers on Instagram, over 500,000 followers on TikTok, got a small but steadily growing YouTube channel of 1,000 subscribers or 1,200 subscribers, got a big house profile where we win awards every year, got thousands of pins on Pinterest. We are everywhere. And that's really what it's about is being omnichannel. And it has translated into success for the business. Absolutely, as well, yeah. We've gone from zero showrooms to three showrooms. We've tripled the size of our factory, workshop, all off the back of digital marketing. And we are now in the driving seat in terms of being able to bring business through the door. So as I say, in previous couple of episodes, we've heard about a case study, I suppose, is looking at a couple of the big social media platforms, TikTok and Instagram, and how you've managed them and manipulated them to gain some of the success that you're talking about. What I want to kind of conclude with today is to talk a little bit about how you get the most bang for your buck if you're a small KBB retail 
business? Because yep. that's, I think, what it comes down to is, I think sometimes you think to get the kind of marketing success that you've had, you must have to spend loads and loads of money. But you've done it very organically from nothing to where you are now. It pays for itself yeah, yeah. and more and more and more beyond. So what we're going to do is today look at three separate things, three sort of top tips, three areas that you can really get the most out of the small amount of money that you may have. At number one here, this is what we've already written down, we've written down in front of us. At number one, it's about knowing what success looks like to you. Yeah, absolutely. And and targets and numbers are absolutely crucial. Before we get into that, the, the step before that actually is uh, about data. So data is, in this day and age, more valuable than gold, okay? And it cannot be understated. You need to have your data, your customer data understood. Do you have a CRM database, customer relationship management database? If you don't, that's the first step. Okay, you have to have some sort of database where every time a lead comes in, someone the phone rings, someone walks in the door, you are getting that information, you're capturing that information. And we can talk about it later, but you can use that in a number of different ways. But that is super, super important. So when you say information, what do you mean? It's not, it's not just name and address. Name, address, email address, phone number. So email address, for example, you'll be able to add them to your mailing list with their permission, of course. You'll be able to put that email address into Facebook's ad manager and create lookalike audiences. So you basically say to Facebook, hey, find me people like this person. And the algorithm is extremely clever at, at doing that. Uh, so data is just super, super important. Retargeting, you can do SMS campaigns. You just have to have the data as a starting point. And then it's about understanding your numbers. So we uh, probably about three years ago started this journey where we read a book called Traction, which is by a guy called Gino Wickman, famous uh, entrepreneur. And basically he details what he calls EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's just a way of running your business and thinking about your business. So we've gone from basically having no governance to a senior management team. We meet every week. We have a scorecard that we report numbers to the team. Everyone is responsible for a number that they bring to the table. And we have the targets that's measured, the scorecard is measured against. So these targets are super important. But in the context of marketing, what numbers do you need to understand? So we start off and I say to you, okay, Andrew, what is your, what's your target? What turnover level do you want to be doing next year? Let's start with that. Go on, give me a hypothetical. Two million pounds. Okay. So then I would say to you, what's your average order value of a kitchen? 30 grand. Okay. I thought you were going to say 50. It make it easier <laughs> for me. 30 grand. So we'll say that is 10, be 300, 100. So it's basically 66 kitchens a year. Let's call it 60 for argument's sake. 60 kitchens would get you to the 2 million, okay? And we work back a step. What's your conversion rate? So how many out of every appointments that your salespeople have from new people, how many are they closing? 60%. 60, oh, that's a good conversion rate. Do you want to come work for me? <laughs> um, okay, so 60% would mean that we would need to get, uh, I'm doing public math now. I'll take three from the top, Carol. Let's say 50%. There you go. Let's say 50%, <laughs> okay. So to close 60 kitchens, you would need to have 120 leads. 120 leads break down as 120 leads. You then you then do the maths on how much those leads cost. Okay, so let's just say you could probably realistically in this environment get, you know, 200 pounds a lead. So 200 pounds a lead times 120 is 2,400 pounds, right? And you're returning 2 million from that. But you then have a gauge every single week to go against. So your 120 leads is 2.1 or 2.2 leads a week. And what are you qualifying as a lead? A qualified lead. So not just, you know, because, you know, kitchen retailers, we get tire kickers, we get people that are asking for a kitchen table or they like those tiles in a photo. We're talking about a qualified lead. So the data comes in, a walk-in, a phone call, whatever. We pick up the phone, we qualify them. We ask them relevant questions. What's the timeline of your project? Have you thought about budgets? And, you know, kitchens is a very, you know, not a lot of 
retailers will publish what their prices are on their website, not even a starting point or, or, or a guide of what your kitchen's cost. So you need to sort of talk that through with the client. Otherwise, your salespeople are going to be wasting their time. Just talk to Mr. Smith. Yeah, I've got this lovely house in Hertfordshire and I've been looking at your stuff and we're looking at something like 40K. Okay, well, is that doable with your, you know, if you're Humphrey Munson, probably not. If you're most retailers, yeah, 40K, a lot, nice budget. So that would be a qualified lead. They come in, you take the brief, you go away. But the point is, you know that you would need to hit theoretically, two leads a week at that conversion rate to be able to get to your two million pounds. So then it's how do you get the two leads a week? And that's when your marketing kicks in. Those are the numbers that you have to monitor closely. So regardless of likes and engagement and views, all that is irrelevant because you're doing it to drive awareness, but ultimately to drive leads. So if you work out what those numbers are, then and only then can you start working out how you're going to hit those numbers. Correct. Right. Exactly. You need to have that target and work backwards from that. So all we've just done there in that exercise is we've reverse engineered from your target to how many leads you need through the door every week. Right. So say you need three a week. What's the next step? So for me, until you've built out your brand organically on all of these platforms where people are DMing you saying, you know, I love your stuff, which is basically for free, you need to start with paid piece. Our recommendation is that you spend money on Google ads and on Facebook ads. And Facebook ads covers both Instagram and Facebook all owned by Meta. And you need to start spending money on those platforms ASAP. And you need to start tracking those results in terms of the number of leads that are coming in. And that is a directly measurable, attributable figure. I spent £100 this week on ads, and I've got one lead from it. So my cost per lead is £100. Great, I'm on target. Realistically, it's a lot more than that. When I started, we were paying £50 a lead seven years ago. And it's now more like 200 to £250 a lead. So £250 a lead with a conversion rate of 25%, which is probably more realistic and bear in mind the conversion rate that you said a lot of retailers because they're word of mouth and recommendation they probably will be having a conversion rate of 50 percent. but we're now talking about strangers who have never heard of you before conversion rate might be a bit lower so 25 percent conversion rate on 250 pound a lead is a thousand pounds you're basically paying a thousand pounds for that customer but your kitchens are 30 40 grand if i said to you pay me a thousand pounds you can have a 40 grand kitchen you do it all day long but you're right, you have a sort of mental budget in your head of how much these things are costing you. A lot of that digital marketing stuff, you basically charge your account up or you pay per lead or you pay a certain amount or you you, know, you have a limit that you would set yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's all, rever- it's all reverse engineered yeah. from our target. So let's just say next year we want to do 10 million in sales. And I know that we're paying £250 a lead and our conversion rate is 25%. Average order value is 50 grand. So 50 grand means 200 kitchens. 200 kitchens means £1,000 to get that customer. We need to spend 200 grand on our marketing, right? That, and, and that is literally, that's what our budget is. We say, okay, 200 grand, break it down by month. That's what we've got to spend. Now, how are we going to allocate that across all the platforms? When you put it that way, it's actually quite straightforward. <laughs> Listen, I think people... I mean, it's maths, pe- pe- so it's not straightforward. Exactly. No. I don't do, I don't do <laughs> yeah, maths. As long as you've got a calculator, it's yeah. fine. I think a lot of people get like uh, disheartened by the fact that marketing is like, you know, got to be super creative and it's like this black box and I'm getting views, but what does it mean? Ultimately, it is very, very simple maths and it breaks down very easily, as I've just explained. You are looking for leads leads qualified into customers work it back how much they cost and what's your budget so that budget as well leads us on to the second point that we want to make here which is well who the hell's going to do all this stuff yeah right? okay yeah how do you do all this stuff but you're setting yourself a budget so as part of that budget are you getting people to help you get this done so we are at the scale that that we're at now because there's you know if you're spending 15 grand a month on ads you need someone in that ad account all the time monitoring it it's, it's two changes every day so that is a, a full-time job when you start off and you're spending, you know, £100 a week, £200 a week, you could do it yourself. You're going to have to learn how to do it because it's complicated. And no matter what Facebook or Google tell you, never, ever, ever, ever boost a post because you are flushing money down the toilet. You know, this is literally just a way of them making quick money because you're paying £20 to promote it, in inverted commas, and you don't know 
what's happened with that at all. Whereas when you do it through the ads manager and it's all properly set up, you can track that, you know, how many people have clicked on your website, you know, what that follow through conversion rate was, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't have the understanding of how to do it and you don't have the time to basically commit to learning how to do it, then you have to hire an agency. And there are agencies that will do it for not a huge amount of money. I know some agencies charge between 750 and 1500 and they will manage all of the ad buying, but they will also create the ads for you. And they will also, in a lot of cases, do sort of manage your funnel, which is we'll get to in terms of the website. Because I guess some people might think, okay, I've got to hire somebody. I've got to put somebody on the payroll. I've got to have somebody in the corner of the office sitting there doing this stuff. Yeah, no, no small business should be hiring a media buyer because that, that's what it is. We're talking about but, a media buyer. But I guess buyer. It's, it's creating posts. It's, it's having a social media person who creates all the posts and creates all the, the content. Yeah, yeah. But you would also probably lump this under that role because you didn't really understand it very well. Yeah, so that's actually a trap that a lot of people fall into. And it's really important that we talk about that. So I saw a post on LinkedIn the other day. It was someone in the KBB industry and they were talking about hiring a marketing executive. And they wanted this marketing person to have a full knowledge of Google AdWords and Facebook as manager. They wanted them to understand SEO, do copywriting, be a photographer, a videographer, do all the content management, et cetera, et cetera, for 20 grand a year. And what people need to understand is in marketing, there are different types of people that are different personalities and different types of brains. You can't get to one person to do it all. You can't. I can't do it all. I know a lot about marketing and I can't do it all. I'm not a creative person. So I saw where my strengths lie and I hired the weakness. So my strengths, I'm an accountant by trade. So my strengths were in the analysis of the numbers, the media buying and understanding all of that. And then I hired the creative people because I couldn't do that no matter how much time I spent. And the creative people, let them do what they do best and I'll focus on the other part. So really, it's a self-awareness exercise. You need to understand what you're good at and what parts you could potentially do and outsource the rest. Because one person is not going to be able to do it all. It doesn't exist. And if they did, they'd be charging 300 grand a year. Then one of the things I imagine will set alarm bells ringing here is the idea of something that you don't know enough about, going out and finding a third party to help you with it yeah. and knowing whether or not they're any good, whether you're throwing good money after yeah, bad. Yeah, no, you know, how, do you, how do you know if you're hiring the right people? So, so I would say... I've got free videos on my TikTok and and on LinkedIn that talks about, you know, understanding the basics of digital marketing in terms of the numbers and what they all mean. Spend an hour on YouTube just understanding the fundamentals. But ultimately, I will tell you right now that we spend about £250 per lead. That's blended across all the platforms. That gives everyone listening a decent benchmark in terms of what it should be costing. So if you hire an agency and they're saying it's costing us £400 a lead, they're doing something wrong. (laughs) <laughs> that's hopefully a bit of actionable advice that you should benchmark it against. If you're getting leads for £100, spend four times as much because that is really good. And then once you are a few months in and you sort of see what's going on and you understand the numbers and what it's costing you, then you can start to build that out a bit more. Because I guess it's outsourcing in the sense that, oh, someone's taking care of that. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to think about it. Yeah. And then there's outsourcing in I need to understand enough of what they're doing to measure whether or not they're any good at it or not. Yes. You, you, so, you can't completely detach yourself from it and go, oh, thank God, I don't need to know anything about that. Now. No, but if you sit down and you budget and you know that, you know, as a business owner, you need to know how many leads you need to be able to sustain the business or to hit your target. So if that is three a week, you need to hire an agent and say, this is what I need to get to. And they'll tell you how much it's going to cost A, to use their service as a retainer and also how much it's going to cost in terms of ad spend. You crunch those numbers, does it work for you? And then you need to monitor it. And if you're not getting the results, you're getting no leads and the agency is probably not doing a very good job. And they'll give you a lot of excuses. Oh, you know, the algorithm's changed and, you know, and there are some valid things. Like I've, I've done it for long enough to know, you know, like at the moment, uh, example, we are end of November, search intent for kitchens 
trends for the last month has been low, has been really low. So I monitor the next level up of what we've been talking about is website visitors and conversion rate on your website to get to the unqualified leads, right? Search intent on Google has dropped massively for kitchens. I don't know if it's the World Cup or whatever it is. Again, that's like the next layer of knowledge that you need to build. So you need to check Google trends, check things like SEMrush and understand, is it is the whole industry down? And is what this guy's telling me right? Or is he just selling me a pile of rubbish and it's never going to work? SEMrush is... Sorry, yes. It's, it's basically a tool that will tell you how popular certain keywords, certain searches and certain... Yeah, it monitors um, traffic for keywords. So you could type in Kitchens UK and you could see that the average search volume might be 10,000 searches a month, but this month it was 5,000. And and so I my website visitors we spend the same amount of money this month than we that we did last month and we've gone from fourteen thousand website visitors last month to now it's like nine thousand so you can see there is a massive dip in traffic and there will be blips and there will be you know small up and downs but like macro if you've done this for three months and you're not getting leads then it's not working because you have to factor in the Queen's funeral or the World Cup or all these and, and there are those things and, and and also ad platforms like Facebook and Instagram you are paying to compete with other people that are putting content up on that platform if everyone and the, their dog's posting about the Queen's funeral then your ad is just going to get lost so there are those are relevant things also things like Black Friday Cyber Monday Christmas around the holidays there's a lot of companies advertising for sales for things that they're selling and so your costs are going to rise because they're bidding platforms. So if someone's selling toiletries is going to bid more than you are for your kitchens, you're just not going to get seen. So there, there are cyclical things that you need to be aware of. But again, you, know, you need to invest the time in at least understanding the bare minimum to be able to have these conversations, not a super high level, but just understand whether you're being sold down the river or not. You've mentioned it a few times. That brings us on to our third pillar of, of bang for the book here, which is actually quite a fundamental one, which is your own website. And what that the function and job and, and work that that website has to do, because a lot of this is about driving people to there. That that is the end destination for a lot of this yeah. work. So look, tell me how I get the most out of that. What should my website be doing to make the most of all this activity? Okay, so a lot of people will create a website and it is, I look at it as a vanity project because they look and they think, oh, you know, how nice is my website? Look how beautifully it's designed and you know, it has videos and all this stuff. Ultimately, as you said, the goal of the website is to get people through the door. And so all that really matters is the conversion rate. And that is the number of people that book an appointment divided by the number of people that hit your website. So if you had 100 people visit your website and one person booked an appointment, your conversion rate is 1%. Right, and then if you multiply that out to 10,000 website visitors, a lot of people that are getting in touch with you. There is a reason that Amazon looks like crap, their website. Yeah, it's not, there are no frills. And there's a reason that eBay was like that for years and Gumtree is a super high conversion website because it, all of that stuff, all that fluff, it looks nice, doesn't do the job. And the job is it needs to convert. So again, understanding numbers, conversion rate is a very, very important metric to understand. So it's number of people that take an action on your website that you want them to take divided by the number of visitors to your website. The benchmarks in our industry, because it's a long sales cycle, you could be talking anywhere from 0.7% to 2%. So if you're converting at less than 0.7%, you've got a serious problem with your website and that needs to be addressed. And there are, again, there are specialists that do this. They're called conversion rate optimization specialists, CRO. And again, at the beginning, it's probably not where you want to spend your budget, but as you get more customers through the door, that is something you would want to address. And it doesn't, you could hire someone, you know, a freelancer who might be able to look at that and do it as a project 
So when, when a customer comes to the door, are you literally stopping them and going, did you come here via our website? No, 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 no. That's why all of our numbers are tracked total marketing spend and total number of qualified leads. So that qualified leads is what we track every week. So in the example before, three leads a week. Are we getting three? Are we getting four? Are we getting two? And I will add that up across the month. They're qualified leads, good leads that my guys are working on. Unqualified, you know, we have a drop off of 50%, I'd say on average. So out of 100 people that make an appointment or call up or walk through the door, only 50 of them are actually our target customer. And we have to basically... But are you making an assumption that they've all been to your website before they've come to your showroom? No, not necessarily. Right. But but they would have heard of us in one... We don't I'm just do- wondering how you, con- how you make the, the, the calculation of website visitors to conversion. So, we, we, okay, so that, that's purely online. In, right. So but it's impossible to attribute everything because someone might see you, see you on Instagram, then they might do a Google search and either your SEO work or your Google ad might pop up and then they might drive past your showroom and eventually they might come in. So to know exactly what point they were triggered to say, you know, I'm going to take an action is impossible. So that's why we look at it completely holistically and look at the conversion rate. But the conversion rate is the amount of people that take an action on your site divided by the total number of website visitors. So then it's about optimizing for what you want on the website. So again, we've got a long sales cycle in kitchens. It might be 12 weeks from the point that a customer first walks in the door until they're ready to place an order. And so you need to nurture them through that journey. Obviously, you have the appointment with the sales designer, you've got presentations, you've got amendments, but in the background, what are you doing? So a lot of companies, what they'll do is they'll have a newsletter. So they'll get people to sign off. There'll be a pop-up box that comes up on your website, put your email address in to stay tuned for all future updates or whatever you want to do. And you get people to start joining your mailing list. That's one step. Second step might be download your free digital brochure in exchange for your email address. And again, once you have that data, then you can either use that in targeting for Facebook or Instagram, or you can do an email marketing campaign and you can do what's called a drip sequence. So again, there's softwares that do this, that automate it, that you plug in these email addresses on day one, Mrs. Smith, who's downloaded a brochure, gets an email saying, hey, Mrs. Smith, you know, hope you're enjoying the brochure. If you've got any questions, let us know. And then on day three says, Mrs. Smith, why don't you check out this latest project that we've done? What do you think about this? Day five, these are the latest kitchen trends, you know, and you drip that in and every single email has a call to action, which is book an appointment because that's what we want to do. We want people to come in the door, book an appointment, meet with one of our senior designers. What is the content of that site that, that has to be there? Is it, is it literally just a, a load of pictures of projects that you've done? What call to actions do you have in there? What are the primary functions that, that need to be there to, to get this kind of measure, this kind yeah. of result? Yeah, so again, there you can watch a 15-minute YouTube video that's about high-converting landing pages, and that's basically what it is, a landing page. People come to your website, they land there, then what are they going to do? And they will tell you the elements that are important in a high-converting landing page. And one of them, for example, is social proof. So we put on our landing page, on our homepage, reviews from customers so that people, when they're scrolling down, they say, oh, look, there's 5, 10, 15 people that have given them five stars. They, you know, they're obviously good at what they do. It's called social proof. That's like one of the key things that you need to have on your website. You've obviously got to have nice imagery, but imagery that has to load quickly. Otherwise, you get penalized by Google on the SEO front. So this is like, you know, there's a lot of things that go into this. Text about us page, people, a lot of people, again, with long sales cycles, they want to know about the company. They want to know who they're doing business with. Is your about us page up to date? Is it written well, etc.? And then there needs to be a lot of call to action. So again, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to book an appointment? Do you want them to send you an email? Do you want them to download a brochure? Whatever it is. So Tom Howley, for example, who are one of the biggest kitchen companies in the industry, 20 showrooms or so, all of their call to actions are about downloading a brochure because they will then put those people into a drip sequence and try to convert people off of the email outs rather than getting them on the first go. It's, it's very easy to, to let your website just kind of sit there. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, 100%. Um, and again, if this is all about bang for your book, but it's all about 
accepting the fact that lots of people are very time poor and they've got a thousand jobs to do in a day and updating or changing a website is one of those things that you'll do tomorrow and today is the tomorrow that you never got around to yesterday. So is this another example of something you could outsource in a, in a meaningful, results-driven way as opposed to just getting some local company to build your website? You know? Yeah, so I would say that, again, on the conversion rate optimization side, you can hire agencies that do do everything. So our agency does media buying. We've got a lot of it in-house, but they do media buying. They do website builds, but building the funnel, and they optimize the website. So again, we track it every month, how many website visitors, how many actions on the website, What's the benchmark? And we monitor. And because I'm looking at that number and I'm seeing 0.8, but last month it was 1.2. Why has that changed? And we ask the questions and we make tweaks and we test it. So there are agencies that will do that. They will do the whole package. And potentially that might be a way to go for people that are getting started. But in terms of priority list, number one, get your paid ads up and running so that they are converting and you are starting to earn money from day one, not day one, whatever, after you made a sale. Take that money hire a content creator to go out and shoot videos all day, every day. And then number three, once you're getting a lot of website traffic, meaningful data to be able to interpret and understand what's going on, then you start optimizing your website and making sure that the right amount of people are actually converting. It's an expression and an analogy that's been used for years in marketing, isn't it? The funnel. It's a very easily visualized thing that every part of this that we're talking about is a step in that funnel getting yeah. ever and ever narrower and narrower. And they do all link together in that way. Yes. And, and they all have to end up with that bit at the bottom, which is a, a, a sale comes out the end. To think of them all in that way, I think, is such, a, is such a, a fascinating way of doing it. And, you know, this is how Coca-Cola works. This is how Nike works. But there's no reason why it can't be applied to a small no, business. No, so, so for, for small business owners that don't know what the funnel is, it's really simple. Think of an upside-down cone. So it's wider at the top and narrow at the bottom. And right at the top, it's split into three sections. And the top, you have top of the funnel. And that is basically any way that someone can find out about your business. So is that your Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, emails, magazine articles, word of mouth, YouTube, whatever. It's any t- any way that they can find out about you. Okay, so now someone's heard your name, then they heard what you do. They're going to go and look you up. They're going to go to your website. Then you go down to the middle of the funnel. And middle of the funnel, especially with products that have long sales cycles, like a kitchen, it's a big buying decision. You need to use that chance to educate your audience and explain the benefits of using your service or buying your product. Why are our kitchens better than other people's? You know, we've got a lifetime guarantee. We give the best service and, you know, look at all these happy people, whatever, whatever, whatever. You're educating them because no one is going to hit a landing page and buy a kitchen the next day. It just doesn't happen. They might see a fidget spinner on Instagram to buy there and then it's an impulse buy. It's three quid. It's not a 50 grand kitchen. Use that middle part. Those boomerang balls that you throw away... And they come back to you. I don't know what that is, but I, mean, I like the sound of it. <laughs> I've seen that bloody advert about a thousand times. And I'm just thinking, I don't want one. <laughs> but yeah. I know that at the thousand and one time, I'm you, thinking, actually, they're they going to wear pretty, you down. They look pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're going to catch you on a good day. So use that middle of the funnel section to, to educate people. And then there is an element of being able to retarget people that potentially fell out the funnel at the top. So they heard your name. They went to your website but they didn't take an action. They didn't go to the next step, which is I want to find out more about that brand. You could then target those people in a variety of ways to say, hey, actually come back. Come back. We're going to tell you more about the business. They come back back into the middle of the funnel. And at that point, middle of the funnel, you're trying to get them to book an appointment to come into the showroom to see your product, to meet with your designer. And then we try and drive them down to the bottom of the funnel, which is where you actually make the sale. 
Like I say, I think this is great because there's no reason on earth why you can't apply all these principles to a small business. I think that's the daunting part is that this, you must have to have loads of money and marketing people coming out of your backside. But you don't. You can do, you can do this. It is possible to, to grow it and slowly and build it up bit by bit by bit organically to something that is uh, as successful as you have been with it. Yeah, listen, if you if you want to be in the driving seat and you want to grow the business, then you are going to have to do this. That is That is the bottom line. And no, you don't have to start with a team of 10 people. Obviously not. But... As we said earlier, we are selling expensive things for a lot of money. There is the margin in there to be able to invest into marketing. Um, and people people need to wrap their head around the fact that it might cost two grand to acquire a customer, but you're selling a kitchen for 30. So really understanding those numbers. And it is a bit, it's not a leap of faith, but like you do have to have some faith in it in terms of I'm going to spend the thousand pounds up front and I don't know what's going to happen at the end of it, but I'm sitting here telling you it does work. There's a lot of people that spend a lot of money on marketing. It does work. And it's only a small business if you think about it like a small business. You know, we were never thinking about it like a small business. Otherwise, we would have stayed where we were. We wanted to grow and be a big business and be multiple showrooms and be, you know, all over the country, maybe international one day. So we had big aspirations and our effort needed to match that. Well, look, Josh, we've barely scratched the surface of this, but it's so fantastic to get inside your brain and hear about it for a bit. And I can't wait to see what happens with you next. We'll catch up again soon. And you can tell us when you've got a million followers on Instagram. <laughs> we'll come back for the celebration uh, of a million. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll come back for that. Josh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That was Josh Delane from The Woodworks. And if you haven't already, you really should go and look at his social channels because everything he's talking about is right there to see. And it's also interesting and useful, isn't it? It shows how you can start with very little upfront investment other than time and a willingness to learn a new skill and, let's face it, a new language. But his results have been amazing. They're there to see. Don't forget to get those entries in for the KBB Review Christmas Window Competition 2022. You have it until the end of December the 9th. And all you need to do is post your pictures on Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn using hashtag KBBXmas22. Good luck and I'll see you next time.